You're listening to Tech Talk Central. So, Maria Cristina Hadzioan is going to, she's a historian. So, right. welcome, Maria. Thank you. Um, so, you part of the National Hellenic Research Foundation. Okay, you'll tell us what to do. And the Institute for Historical Research. And your interests, social and economic history. And you were explaining to me what goes topic, which goes under what. And what you're going to be talking about is entrepreneurship and business history, which honestly, I had no idea such a topic existed. So give us a hint. Of how is it? Yeah, and who's, who's working on that? Well, it's a growing community, and uh, business history is a part, an integral part of social and economic history, and um, it's an international field, and uh, it requires an expertise. Here in Greece, there are quite a few that are working in this field. Now, we are particularly interested in the biography of the entrepreneur. Uh, it is... Um, in, Not a new turn, but let's say it is a turning point from structures to agency. Maybe it's because of the crisis, of economic crisis, that people want to know more about agents, about people, about human beings who were really active in the economic action. It's not only the mode of production, not only uh, social structures, not only labor history without persons. And we try to personify, uh, humanize uh, the business history. The biography of entrepreneur offers a lot of challenges, many challenges it offers. So if you want me to talk about these challenges. Well, yeah, um, so, so I can get it clearly in my mind. Sorry for my ignorance. So what's the difference between a CV of some famous entrepreneur, Steve Jobs. You got this huge book out there that yes. says everything about him. So is this what you mean? Is this, it, it, there's a lot of personal stuff in there. I learned a lot about him. Is this what you're trying to say? And I want to mention, I love the expression I read, humanizing economic history. So on, elaborate on these two things. Am I guessing right? And Yes, you're guessing right, because humanizing economic history, economic history has been accused for numbers. It's always numbers and numbers and numbers. And uh, it's not only numbers, it's uh, human agency. It's not only Stephen Jobs that you said, but there are also entrepreneurs uh, that we don't know. They are the famous and the infamous entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't know that they were entrepreneurs in the 18th century, in the 19th mm-hmm. century and that they were quite important for the economic history Mm -hmm. because they left their imprint. How they left their imprint? Jobs, we know him. We know his life. He was a man who was living and uh, he was talking. He was in the media. But what about a person who is not in the media because there was no media at that time? Mm -hmm. So we need sources. We need absolutely sources in order to get to know a person who had an economic action. But how do you, how do you find them? You, you mentioned, I, I've read that you examine lives of entrepreneurs from the Ottoman 
um, period. Even so how do you get the sources? How do you find material? You can find sources also in the Ottoman archives. I'm not an expert uh-huh. in Ottoman history, but when we say Ottoman history, it can be late Ottoman history when it's Turkish language. It's not Ottoman language. But still, for example, uh, Sigros, you, you mm-hmm. know, yes, yes, Sigros know Avenue, <laughs> at least you know this. He's a very famous uh, a Greek very f- entrepreneur, and there's a lot of, I'm saying this for the people that are listening abroad. Yes, Andreas so. Sigros was coming from Constantinople, so he was an integral part of the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. And he came to the Greek state. He invested in the Greek state. He had a huge success in the Greek state. And he has been accused for cheating yeah. in the Greek state. That's what I've heard. So, <laughs> yes. so, so is it true? Uh, it, it, now, it, it, this is the role of the historian. You have to interpret things. Okay. You have to interpret human uh, action. So okay, this yeah. is our role. It's to find sources. Sigros has written his memoirs, who had been published in 1907 and republished later on from the Estia publications. So you can read them and you can uh, uh, see what kind of networks, for instance, he had, uh-huh. how he affronts his, uh, his family issues, how he affronts his, um, f- for instance, how he affronts the uh, international affairs, business. Uh, he, when he was young in Syros, in the island of Syros, he heard that he, he, he was listening to the noise of the coins in the Bank of Greece, and he was feeling it, really that he was meant to follow the road to money making. Okay. Uh, so could, this is something he that could have, <laughs> he, he could have worked in a mint, but he became a millionaire. No, he became. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you talk about methodological tools. Um, this might seem naive. Um, does it matter? Uh, does family matter? What what matters when you when you count all these things? You did mention a few things, as how he treats his family, how he reacts to international matters. So, can you? What are the, what are the uh, factors that you really look into when you examine an entrepreneur, even if he was from the eighteen hundreds or today or a recent history? So, what are the factors that you you examine in your science? Uh, still, it depends on the sources. And this is the most difficult thing because it's completely different to search for an entrepreneur that I have searched entrepreneurs that they were living mm-hmm. and to search for entrepreneurs who are not living. This is very difficult. So you have to find obituaries, for instance. Okay. You have to find family papers if the family uh, has kept them and allows you to mm-hmm. use them because mm-hmm. this is another issue. And then it it depends on what you want to see because biography is also a methodological tool. You can do collective biography and see bourgeois virtues. You can see the, the bourgeois world. Mm-hmm. You can see collective biography and see how, for instance, uh, they reacted to the shock uh, in 1929, mm-hmm. uh, you can see if they were innovative entrepreneurs or they didn't diversify. They're very, it depends on the agenda that you construct. I mean, the historian constructs an agenda and search what he wants to interpret and write down. Have you, have you seen changes during the periods, the period of time that you've examined? Do you see in 
entrepreneurs and the way they react. Have you seen differences? Obviously, it's different being in the 1800s. You couldn't have the same kind of network you have today with the internet. Uh, but is it, do you see something changing between them? Is it just the tools have changed and then they can broader expand now? What are you, in your opinion? Of course, things have changed, and you have. Uh, if someone uses a biography, I have to say that it's a very tricky methodological tool because you have to know very well social and economic conditions. Otherwise, of the period. Of yes, the period. of the period, because otherwise you can be misled easily exactly, yeah. by what the person says. The problem is that you don't often you don't have the sources in order you know to have inside information and usually you use outside information what others have written about mm -hmm. a person it's it's important if you have correspondence letters private letters it's very important to see business letters for instance one family that uh, has kept its archives and it's a model for that it's the child family oh yeah yeah But the Rothschild archives in London, it's, it's a super experience to work and find things. And still you have, I don't know how many uh, biographies, let's say, in... Uh, it's a big family, after it's all. It's a big family, but you have various biographies for this family. For the same for the people. Business, for the business history uh -huh. of these people. And it's different aspects, a different light every time that you, you can uh, see different things. In Greece... For saying the truth, we don't have so many uh, private sources. For instance, Sigros, it's the only entrepreneur in the 19th century that has written memoirs, uh -huh. and he's not the only entrepreneur. We have family dynasties like the Raleigh dynasty in mm -hmm. Britain, who was a very important family, and we don't have their archives. Uh, they were dispersed. So this is a true problem. You have to face these problems when you are a historian. So, so you're playing the role of an investigator, trying to find <laughs> yes. it. That's what I get. Yes. So, so tell me if there are any applications specific, um, obviously for books, uh, for history books. And, uh, but do, do you see your, your work having applications anywhere else that it's, uh, it's useful? Uh, does this data, for example, have any use to new people, new entrepreneurs, new startups? Is, it, is anybody showing any interest? I didn't know about it, but now I'm interested. So, um, I think uh, it should. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't tell you if there is an interest because uh, also it's uh, um, mostly it's British. Uh, it's a British genre in yeah, historiography. They, they always have that. They always loved history. Yes, yeah. they loved they loved biography. And biography. I must say, yeah. they loved biography. Yeah, yeah. And um, and also, uh, you have uh, a lot of uh, history of tycoons in the United States. You have the Rockefeller history. So this is another point that you have to be uh, cautious. It's laudatory uh, mm -hmm. histories. It's laudatory biographies that you only have, you know, success stories and nothing else. Oh, okay. If you are a serious historian, you don't want only this. You you search also for failures, mm -hmm. and you want to know also other clues. You are not interested to see uh, his life from the keyhole, but you want to see also things that they are not in a linear success. Yeah. This is, this is the, the thing that sometimes commissioned histories, like if you are commissioned to write the history for, of the Rockefeller, 
then you are obliged, of course, to write it in a very positive okay. and laudatory way. It, it's actually really interesting because considering the mentality in Greece that we don't accept failure very well, of course. Uh, I would love a book, I would love a <laughs> publication that says, you know, this guy failed, this guy failed, and yes. you, know, you should just keep on doing it. Yes. And especially if you do have some entrepreneurs that kept on being there. I, heard, I read recently... That Leonardo da Vinci, which is a painter, obviously not exactly an entrepreneur, he became successful at 45 years old when he drew the um, the, the the dinner anyway. Yeah. Uh, but he was 45 years old. When you think about it, he he had a lot of failures before that, but all he wasn't well known. He was not well appreciated. Exactly. You're very right. I, I read that he didn't um, deliver on time, so he had problems. <laughs> Uh, but still, he became very successful at an older age, and usually they say this about youngsters, and you've got to be young and uh, innovate very young, and then you won't succeed. But it'd be great to have a book like that, you know, where you can read people that failed and just kept doing it, and that it's not a bad thing, especially uh, for Greeks. Um, so, any words of wisdom for young startups, young wannabe entrepreneurs? There is... Um uh, Learned from history, you know, they say history teaches yes, us. Yes, from um, a term, what is an entrepreneur, that comes from new institutional economics. You know, that it's a term that it's usually interpreted by Schumpeter. But uh, there's another term that says entrepreneur are lucky fools. Mm. So I like that. if you reflect on lucky fools, <laughs> it's between rational and irrational. So... <laughs> So in between. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Maria, thank you very much. I hope we have you once more later thank in the future you. again. Uh, I think it's amazing what you do. <laughs> I know I've said thank it so many much. times it might get tiring, but I find it quite impressive that we can uh, go back in history and learn from the lives of other entrepreneurs. Since especially in Greece and in Europe and in general with Silicon Valley, there's this whole hype about startups and uh, doing your own business. And we've got our crisis and you've got... A lot of young people. One thing, please advise them to keep their records. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think all of you out there that are eager to do uh, something for yourselves, uh, keep a track record of what you've been doing. There's a lot of tools. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Tech Talk Central.